we're going to share a bit. Who are the sons and daughters of Abraham? Repeat these words after me, please. Who are the sons and daughters of Abraham? I'm going to read from Galatians 3 and 7 and other assorted scriptures. Galatians 3 and 7 says, Therefore know that only those who are of the faith are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all nations shall be blessed. And in those who are of faith, so then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. And in verse 13 of that same chapter, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And now verse 16. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. And he does not say, and to seeds, S-E-E-D-S, as of many, but as of one, and to your seed, who is Christ. Verse 29, and if you are Christ, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. If you belong to Christ, you are Abraham's seed. Say to your neighbor, if you belong to Christ, you are Abraham's seed. You may be seated. I've got to admit that there was once a time that I read the Old Testament with some sense of apprehension. As a non-Jew, as a Gentile, I had difficulty relating on the surface to whole sections of the Bible where it elaborated on God's blessing upon the Jews. It was rather discomforting for me to read of the predicted doom and the defeat of surrounding nations and ethnic groups in the Holy Land. I often wondered how an Arab, another un-Jewish inhabitant of the Mideast, could embrace Judeo-Christian faith in the light of the negative things that the Bible seemed to have said about them. I wondered how an Egyptian person felt when the destruction of the Egyptians at the Red Sea was discussed. Don't look at me funny. You used to wonder about it too. <laughs> I kind of had apprehensions when the Old Testament spoke of Ethiopians. And when it speaks of Ethiopians, it's referring to Africans or black folk in general. As an African-American, I knew I had trouble with 2 Corinthians 14 and 12. 
Well, the Bible said, so the Lord struck the Ethiopians before Asa and Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. And Asa and the people who were with him pursued them, the Ethiopians, to Gerar. So the Ethiopians were overthrown, and they could not recover. They were broken before the Lord and his army. They snatched away very much spoil. All that caused me to want to get Shadrach, Meshach, and that bad ne Negro to <laughs> come and help us out a little bit with this. I can personally identify with both Ishmael and Esau because due to factors beyond their knowledge and control, they were destined to be subordinated. So they were destined to be subordinated. An inferior status was decreed for them even before their birth. And they had no initial guilt or blame that could be attributed unto them. A am I talking about something that some of y'all want me to talk about today? Let me read Genesis 25 and 21. Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren. The Lord granted his plea and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled together in her. And she said, if all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord and the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb. Two people shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed there were twins in her womb. The first came out red. He was like a hairy garment all over. He called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel so that his name was called Jacob, heel holder, usurper. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. And then listen to Paul's words on this. Romans 9, verse 10. Not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one man, even our father Isaac, for the children not yet being born, not having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to election, might stand, not of works, but of him who called. And it was said to her, the older shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob I have loved, Esau I have hated. Wow. Hey, Lord. Sounds kind of strange. This love-hate relationship is to be understood in the same sense that Luke 14, 26 is stated. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple disciple. That's some heavy talk. But when you really understand it, the Lord said, 
But you've got to love him more than anything else. You've got to love his work, love his will. You've got to love your relationship to God more than you love anything else, that your love will be so intense, it will be almost like you hate everything else. You don't hate everybody and everything else, but you just are putting priority on your relationship and on your love for Christ. You've got to love Christ radically. You've got to love him more than you love anything or anybody else. And in this sense, he was saying that he had chosen to show much love and favor to Jacob, that it would seem that he hated Esau. We understand that God really did not hate Esau, but he chose Jacob for a mission and for a purpose. And this is indicated by the fact that God did not allow Isaac to give him that God did allow. I'm sorry. This is indicated by the fact that God did allow Isaac to give Esau an alternative blessing. Even though he missed the blessing that Isaac intended to give him, it was clear that God would give him a special blessing. And it's clear that all these prophecies pertain to their descendants rather than to them individually because Esau himself never served Jacob, though his descendants served the descendants of Jacob. In Genesis 27 and 39, this is the blessing that his father gave. And his father answered and said to him, Esau, your dwelling shall be with the fatness of the earth and of the dew of heaven from above. By your sword you shall live and you shall serve your brother, but it shall come to pass when you become restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. I can relate to Esau. How many of you all could relate to Esau? Amen. I can also relate to Ishmael. Neither Ishmael nor his mother had any control over their plight. His mother was a slave. She was commanded by her mistress to bear a son on her mistress's behalf. That mistress rejected her and rejected her son also. And Abraham chose and God chose Isaac over Ishmael. What prior virtue, what prior significance can we attribute to Abraham or to Isaac or to Jacob that they are called fathers of the faith? patriarchs of the faith. Pfeiffer says, one man says that these were men of faith, but they were not always faithful men. Are y'all still listening to me? We're going to come out all right. I'm going to tell you later, we're going to come out all right. Listen to God's promise to Abraham. Genesis 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. and I will curse him who curses you and in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. This is repeated in Genesis 18, 18. And again in Genesis 22 and 18. But listen to God's promise now to Isaac, Abraham's selected son. In Genesis 26 and 1, 
there was a famine in the land. And besides the first famine, there was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, in Gerar. And the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I will tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants will I give all these lands. And I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham, your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of the heaven. And I will give your descendants all these lands. And to all your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice, kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. That was Abraham, and that was Isaac. Now let's listen to God's promise to Jacob in Genesis 28 and 10. Are you all still with me? Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun was set. He took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head. And he lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed. Behold, a ladder was set up on earth and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were descending and descending upon it. And accordingly, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north. And in you and in your seed shall all the nations of the earth, our families of the earth, be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. And Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. Now, uh, if it had been me, I would have done this thing in a very different way. If it had been me. I probably would have chose some different people from the people that the Lord chose. But it wasn't me. Look at your neighbor and say, thank God it wasn't him. <laughs> and before I get myself in trouble with God, I better let God speak for himself. Y'all still with me? Romans 9 and 20 says, but indeed, O oh man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing formed say to him that formed it, why have you made me like this? Does not the potter have power over the clay from the same lump to make one vessel for honor and another for dishonor? God says, would you please let me run my business? God says, I'm sovereign. I'm the creator and the owner of the universe. I am all-knowing. I am all-wise. And then in Isaiah 55 and 8, he said, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, yeah. 
Not on my ways, your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. May I tell you something? It's not always a pure, unmixed blessing when the Lord chooses you for something. When the Lord chooses you for something, that means you're going to have to go through something. Amen. You want to be a man of great faith, that means you're going to have great trials and great tribulations and great challenges. There are special challenges in being chosen by God for a mission. God does not just choose individuals so they can say they're chosen. He chooses them for a purpose. In pursuit of their purpose, they must make great sacrifices and endure great trials. trials because God holds those whom he chooses to a very high standard and he punishes them more severely when they come up short. Lord, help me preach today. The Bible says, unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall much be required. The blessings that blessed folk receive are not just for them. They are for other folk also. So whatever God would do, doing for the Jews, God did it for a purpose. Whatever he did for them meant that they were going to have to go through special trials, special tribulations, special challenges. Whatever he did for them meant that they were going to be called upon to do more and to be more in the world than others would be. But sometimes God makes some strange choices. By his choices, he lets us know he's not in anybody's box. Tell your neighbor, God's not in anybody's box. Biblical principle and ancient challenge both recognize the right of the firstborn to receive a double portion of the inheritance and to become leader of the family. This is clearly stated in Deuteronomy 21, 15. But let us notice how frequently God intervenes to upset the process. Esau was the firstborn, but Jacob was chosen. Reuben was Jacob's firstborn, but he received no blessing at all, but rather criticism and rejection. Joseph was the most noble and productive of all of Jacob's sons, but it was through Judah that the Messiah came to the earth. Judah, not Joseph, became the vehicle of the chosen seed. And then Ephraim was the younger son of Joseph, while Manasseh was the firstborn. But Jacob, when he blessed him, crossed his hands. And it was Ephraim who received the greater blessing of Jacob's right hand. I could go on and on. David was Jesse's youngest son. But he was the youngest of 12, but God chose him to be the king. God said, man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Solomon was not David's firstborn. And to make it worse, Solomon was Bathsheba's son, the son of adultery and of disgrace. But it was Solomon that God chose, hallelujah, to be the king. Jesus reminds us that even in Old Testament days, God crossed ethnic and racial lines whenever he chose to do so. When you look at your neighbor and say, God crosses ethnic and racial lines whenever he chooses to do so. 
Come on, look at them again. Tell them God crosses ethnic and racial lines whenever he wants to. Even in the Old Testament, this was true. In Luke 4, 25, Jesus was speaking and he said, I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heaven was shut up three years and six months. There was a great famine throughout all the land. But none of them, none of them was Elijah sent. To none of them was Elijah sent except to a widow of Zarephath in the region of Sidon. To a woman who was a widow. She was not a Jew. She was a Canaanite, Lebanese, Phoenician woman. God went by all the Israelites to this one woman during the famine in the land when people were dying from hunger. And she was the only one who got that great miracle. Then in verse 27, Jesus said, many lepers were in Israel at the time of Elisha the prophet, but none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. All the blessed folk were bypassed, and Naaman the Syrian was the one who was healed of leprosy. And so God, even the Old Testament was telling us but we cannot tell where God is going by looking at where God has been. Come on, say this to your neighbor. You can't tell where God is going by looking at where God has been. You can't tell what he's going to do by looking at what he has done. In Isaiah 43 and 18, the Bible says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. For the Lord says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. You shall not know it. I will make a road even in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Lord, help me talk this. Help me preach today, Lord. Well, we need to remember what God said to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the first place. God said to each of them, In you. Your seed in you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. God says I had to use Abraham, I had to use Isaac, I had to use Jacob and their family or their descendants to bring the seed, S-E-E-D, not S-E-E-D-S, S-E-E-D, the seed, Jesus Christ, to the earth. I had to use them to bring the seed, Jesus Christ, to the earth. Listen to Matthew 1 and 1, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David and the son of Abraham. And Paul said in Galatians 3 and 16, not to Abraham and his seed, S-E-E-D, were the promises made. And he does not say unto seeds, S-E-E-D-S, as of many, but as of one, and to your Seed, S-E-E-D, who is Christ. And he goes on to say in verse 29, and if you are Christ, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Look at your name and say, if you belong to Christ, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Let's go down to the next chapter, Galatians 4 and 4. Are you all tired of this? But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. 
and because you're sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, be an heir of God through Christ. And so God is trying to tell us, he's trying to tell everybody else, that I never forgot about the rest of you all. I had the rest of you all in mind. I just had to use Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to get you where I wanted you to be in my will. And Ephesians 1 and 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Tell your neighbor you were chosen by Jesus before the foundation of the world. Having predestined us to the adoption of sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise and glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. That is in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Come on, tap your hands and say hallelujah. Clap your hands and give praise to the Lord. I'm almost through. Jeremiah 29 and 11. The Lord said, For I know the thoughts I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and to give you a hope. Listen, we should have known that God was up to something. Come on, tell your neighbor we should have known that God was up to something. Hallelujah. We should have known when he chose black hands and woolly hair to bear the cross of Jesus. When he chose an African to bear the cross of Jesus up Calvary's hill, we should have known that God was doing something. He chose an African to perform a task that all of the truly wise men of all the ages should have been honored to perform. We should have known not only when God did that, but we should have known that God was up to something when the first Gentile convert to Jesus Christ in the world was an Ethiopian eunuch. Not the Italians, not the Lebanese, not the French, not the British. God chose an African treasury, secretary of the treasury from Ethiopia to be the first Gentile that was saved. Come on, ask your neighbor, did you know that an African-American, an African, not an African-American, but an African, was the first Gentile to be selected to follow Jesus Christ? Come on, clap your hands and praise God for that. When God did all that, that was our way of knowing it's our season. It's my season. It's my season. Come on, tell three people it's your season. Jesus loves the little children. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, all are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Come on, tell your neighbor, Jesus loves everybody. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm almost through. But look at Romans 4 and 17. 4 and 3. Abraham believed God. And it was accounted unto him for righteousness. And Romans 4 and 17. I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him who believe. God who gives life to the dead and cause those things that do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope and hope believe, and he became the father of many nations. So shall your descendants be, and not being weak in faith. He did not consider his body dead. He was a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith giving glory to God. When your faith is strong, you praise God anyhow. You praise him when you're down. You praise him when you're up. You praise him when you understand. You praise him when you don't understand. Verse 21, and being fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, if God promises, God will perform. Come on, say it again. If God promises, God will perform. Come on, clap your hands and give God praise. Yes, yes. In Galatians 3 and 29, and I'm getting ready to stop. Hallelujah. The Bible says, if you are Christ, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Grab your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and you are an heir according to the promise. I received this word from the Lord when I was in Nairobi, Kenya. I'd gone to visit an orphanage and the little orphan children got together and they sung a song. And they said, Father Abraham has many children. Many children hath Father Abraham. I'm one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord through that little song. Lord, let me know. Red and yellow, black and white, all are precious in my sight. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, God is in love with you. God says all the promises of Abraham belong to you. You are more than a conqueror. He that hath begun a good work in you shall perform it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is able to keep that that I have committed unto him against that day. God says, if he's for you, who can be against you? The Bible says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, I'm so glad I am the seed of Abraham. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Bible says in Galatians 3 and 7, 
Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand and said in you shall all the nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Said after me, those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Come on and praise God. Come on and praise God. If you are Christ, if you belong to Christ, you are Abraham's seed. I'm so glad that weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning. I'm a royal child. I'm adopted into the royal family, and I'm kept by the power of God. Stand up on your feet and praise him. Praise him. We are the seed. We are the seed of Abraham. Don't let anybody put you down. Don't let anybody say you're less than anybody else. Don't let anybody denote on your faith or take away from your relationship with the Lord. You are a royal child. You are a member of the royal family. And the Lord said, enlarge, enlarge the place of your tent. Tell your neighbor, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch forth the curtains of your habitation. Say that after me, stretch forth the curtains of your habitation. Lengthen the cord, say it. Strengthen the stakes. You're going to break forth on the right and on the left. And your seed shall inherit nations and make desolate cities inhabited. Our city is desolate. Homeless people are on the streets. They're living in tents and under bridges. Crime is everywhere. Our politics is going crazy. Things are upside down. But God is not through with you yet. You're going to make a desolate city, a beautiful city. Come on and praise him. Praise him. Tell your neighbor I'm somebody. Tell them again I'm somebody. Tell them one more time I'm somebody. I'm a child of God. I'm kept by the power of God. Help me praise him. Help me praise him.